0: Welcome to Crack the Customer Code, where your hosts, Jeannie and Adam, unlock the secrets to keeping your customers happy and coming back for more. So, Jeannie, you want to know what has been really cool about 2020? Because I know 2020 has been a little tough and uh, a little tough. It's been very tough and it's hard to find the silver lining, but I want to bring some positivity. Ask me what's been cool. I'm waiting. You (laughs) want to know? (laughs) Yeah. All right. What's been cool is that you and I have gotten to present together which we've never done before together twice this year. And hey, it's not even halfway through the year yet.
1: That's true, that's true. That was pretty cool. Just within a few weeks of each other, we got to have two very unique keynote experiences, I would say.
0: Yeah, so we were live in a true uh, in-person keynote uh, situation in Orlando back in February, right before everything shut down. And then we were gonna speak together again uh, in Boston, but of course, because of COVID, that event became virtual. And what was cool was, you know, we did our sort of separate things um, that in that first one, because it was traditional. You did a keynote, I did a keynote. But what happened was we ended up having to present together for this one. And what happened was we learned a lot about what it takes to put on a great virtual event. We had an amazing team with our client. They were incredible. And uh, we thought we would share some of those lessons with you, whether you're putting on events or conferences, or you're a fellow speaker. Uh, because we took away some really good nuggets.
1: Yep, yep. And I think it's a great example of adapting to uh, the customer experience that's needed today. They, they really did pivot from a live event to this virtual event and really considered a lot of the different ways to serve their audience, which were their customers. So uh, hopefully these will help not only meeting planners and people who are putting on events, but also just consider different ways to serve customers today.
0: 100%. So, Jeannie, let's get started. The first one, uh, there's an old saying, Marshall McLuhan, I believe, uh, the medium is the message. But we're going to say that the platform is the presentation. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean? The platform that we're on, whatever you use, whether it be some sort of you know, webinar software or other technology, is going to dictate so much of how you deliver the experience to the audience and what the experience is for your team and the speakers.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so really considering how can you adapt uh, what you're doing for the actual experience that the attendees are having. I think that's really, really important. And so we did that with our keynote conversation, going back and forth, making sure that we provided enough engagement instead of the traditional kind of being on stage for, you know, 30, 45 minutes that's how we adapted, nice. and I thought that it was really a great lesson on making sure that that you're present for the platform.
0: Well, yeah, because we had to ask ourselves, okay, what will what will be different about this? Mm-hmm. How does the audience react? And we do this, you know, you do you do virtual training on LinkedIn. And we've got uh, virtual customer service training that we offer, and uh, we do that recorded. We do that live sometimes. And one of the things we always look at is the difference between our in-person workshops and our virtual workshops. And you have know, a client's talking to me, and they're like, "Hey, we want to do this and this and this," and I say, "That's going to be this many hours." And then I say, "Hey, there, no, there's a hard break. We we don't go past this amount of time because people, it's just not going to be effective. So if we want to do more, if we want to cover that content, we're going to break it up. And we had to look at that, like, okay, was the traditional 45-minute keynote, 45-minute keynote going to work?" And In thinking about it, we decided it really was not gonna be the most effective thing. So you've gotta adapt to the platform and understand that it requires a different type of presentation.
1: Absolutely, and and the next thing we wanna give you as a takeaway here is that just like that example, when you're at a live event and you're speaking, you can really interact with that audience energy, you can really see that people in the back row might need to be brought in a little bit differently than people in the front row. But when you're doing a virtual event, you have to understand the view from the digital front row. Because guess what? Everybody has a front row seat. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody not only has a front row seat, but they're a lot closer than they might be. It might feel a little different. Instead of really considering how you know on a stage you might really raise your volume to make a point, you might walk around the stage in different ways. When you're this close, when you're just eye to eye with your audience member, you have to consider okay, what does that really feel like? How can we present this content in the way that makes sense for that person, that one individual sitting there watching this from their computer? So you really have to understand that that view from that digital front row.
0: Yeah. And here's the thing, Jeannie, there's a digital back row too, because what you can do at home is you can pretend you're in the back row where no one can see you and be <laughs> on your iPad and be on your phone and be on your laptop and be talking to your kids and petting your dog and doing all these kinds of different things. So That's why the engagement's even more important because it's just so easy. There's not that investment. There's not that buy-in of going to the live event and saying, oh, I need to soak as much value out of this as I can. And so, yeah, it really changes everything. Now, the other thing, so this is our third point, is to remember that the digital stage is still a stage. Now, when you think about stage design, particularly at the bigger conferences, right, there's a lot put into design where the screens are, how the lights hit, what the dressing around the stage is, what the AV is, uh, the colors, the branding, how that fits in, the arrangement of the chairs. Well, virtually, you've got some similar things, right? You've got to figure out uh, how that stage looks. Like for us, one of the things we decided was we were going to make sure we had similar backgrounds, similar uh, clothing, you know, sort of levels and colors and things like that, right? hmm
1: yeah, we really spent some time trying to make sure that, that it wouldn't be too jarring, you know, when somebody was switching back and forth between us, that if I'm this close and you were standing far away, that would be really weird. So we really worked on making sure that we were aligned so that the audience would benefit from that. They could really pay attention to the content instead of kind of that feeling of going – from one design to another. So really considering that wherever you are presenting from is a stage, whether you are aware of it or not. Sometimes, you know, if I have a virtual event right now, sometimes people walk behind me on my stage. (laughs) (laughs) So you have to pay attention to those things too. How can you make sure that you are really prepared and that everybody you live with right now is prepared to give you that stage in that moment?
0: Yep, 100%. So Ginny, did we take anything away?
1: Anything else? Well, sure. Of course we did. I think one of the things that we have to remember as part of that stage as well is that the technology of this, the whole design of that technology, the whole execution of that technology, that is the conference space. So when you think about how, you know, you talked about the setting of the stage and how much consideration goes into the lighting and all of those things. Well, when you walk into a conference space, you're not immediately in that room. You have to sign in, you have to get your registration, you have to get your badge, all of those things. Since those things take place through technology now, you have to make sure that all of those things really represent your brand well, that they work well, that if people have issues, you know, signing in or things like that, that you have avenues for your attendees, and all of that has to be looked at in advance, and all of that has to reflect the experience that you want your attendees to have, and so just making sure that everything's lined up in the right way along your brand, as well as the execution of that, and thinking through all those things that can go wrong for your attendees as they're walking through that. You won't have somebody there at the door saying, welcome, let me show you to the, you know, Arizona room or whatever they call right. it. Um, then you know you have this other way that you can guide them through that process.
0: Yeah. Well, one thing we can say about the virtual events is we don't spend 20 minutes. Like, uh, do you know where Sequoia Four is? Sorry, <laughs> where's Sequoia Four? Right. Lugging um,
1: around our laptop and everything yeah, exactly. Else.
0: Like you, you got your whole bag you're like, oh, here's the conference bag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, to your point, Jeannie, it's. Um, think about UX. It's really a UX question, right? Mm -hmm. The user experience, now you're thinking about, we're talking about digital UX, which is a part, of course, of our traditional uh, events too right now, but now it's the whole event. So now it's, what does the landing page look like? How does it look once we get in? What happens Mm -hmm. when we're in there? How are the presentations arranged? How's the live stream arranged next to the stuff that was pre-recorded? Can people go back? Right there. So there's a whole big, ux question to make sure that the conference design is on brand and on point and matches the stage and or you know at least coordinates with the stage right uh, so yeah. i think there's a there's a lot there now when we talk about technology Jeannie, let me ask you does it always work uh 100 percent, no <laughs> Well, 100% for us, but yes, 100% no. And that's the thing. You got to prepare for that unexpected, And of course, we again, you're taking principles from the the live in-person conferences, which you have to do there. But now you've got to look at what are your uh, the choke points? What are the things mm-hmm. that can really affect the event? Uh, email deliverability, just in the registration process. Are your um, emails going to junk or spam? Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, internet connection for the main hosting, whatever, you know, if you're using a webinar platform, whatever that technology is, but then you've got all the individual internet connections of your speakers.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, there are so many things to consider here, and I think one of the things that you don't have the advantage of when you are uh, in a virtual event is sometimes you're presenting just to a camera, you are not necessarily aware of what's working as a speaker or not. You can't wave to the AV guy and say, my mic's not working.
0: Right. <laughs>
1: and so uh, I think part of this is also making sure that you have that support, that back channel communication. I think that's really important so that you have a way to communicate if something isn't going right. Um, and you know, everybody knows how to adapt in that moment so that you're really prepared for the unexpected.
0: And that's having quite frankly, frankly, the adequate resources, the staffing to do that, Mm -hmm. having enough people on event day or before event day, you know, working on the event, preparing, being ready. You know, we had the little voice in our ear in case anything was going wrong. Right. All those kinds of things uh, are crucial, particularly with a live event. Really, it really Mm -hmm. matters. And you've just got to prepare. You've got to really sit down and go, what are our risk factors? What are, the, what, are, what are the things that can go wrong? How does Murphy get in the room and how do we kick his <laughs> butt back out, right?
1: That's right, that's right. So so how about we run it down here? What are the five things that we want people to know about creating a an exceptional virtual event?
0: All right, well, remember the platform is the presentation. It completely changes how you approach your presentation and how the audience reacts to it.
1: And understand the view from the digital front row. Really think about those attendees think about the experience that they're having and how you can adapt to what they need today.
0: And remember, the digital stage is still a stage. You want to treat it like that. You want to put some design and thought into how it's going to be branded, how it's going to look, how you can have consistency or you know, in a, something approaching consistency in the event, right?
1: <laughs> That's right. And the technology is the conference space. So make sure that Everything that you send out really represents that brand, that event, but also that you're really making sure that the um, the technology is supporting the event that you want to provide for your individuals, that user experience throughout.
0: Yep. And finally, fifth one is prepare for the unexpected, because you know what, Jeannie? <laughs> Mur- Murphy's right over there is right around the corner and I Very apologize simple. to all the Murphy's out there but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I mean stuff's gonna go wrong it's technology based uh, so you just know stuff is gonna go wrong prepare for it really try to figure out what are your 80-20 risks and how can we either have backups for them or negate them completely
1: yeah Yeah, so it was super fun to present with you both live in Orlando and virtually just a few weeks ago. So uh, it was a, a cool way to really explore the space and hopefully provide a lot of value for the audience and our client who we adored. Yes, and uh, yeah. And so, you know, if you guys are looking for ways to do this well, feel free to hit us up with questions here. And uh, we'll, you know, we're always willing to experiment too, right? Like that's what part of this is too. We need to innovate and make sure that we are responding to the moment, to the experience, which I feel, I feel good that we did.
0: Yeah, 100%. And if you're looking for a customer experience keynote speakers, virtual, you got us. We're right here. There so, you all right. Go. Well, Jeannie, what is it we do at the end of every podcast?
1: <laughs> I think we sign off. Is that and, what we call it? <laughs>
0: yeah, by we, I mean you, but yes, yeah, so exactly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, thank you guys. Thank you for listening to Crack the Customer Code for more than 400 episodes. It's such an honor to be here with you today and every day. And, you know, we are part of C Suite Radio. So check out C Suite Radio.com when you get a chance for a lot of other business content. We so appreciate you being here with us. I'm Jeannie Walters. You can learn more about me, our journey mapping programs our virtual keynotes, our virtual training and workshops, all of those great things at experienceinvestigators.com.
0: And I'm Adam Taporic. You can find me at customersatstick.com. Learn all about our customer service training virtual, of course, as well as <laughs> our my virtual keynote speaking and customer experience advisor. Until next time, take care of yourself.
1: And take care of your customers.